partner with someone who truly compliments you. Ask for help early. We're doing this with and for our kids and with and for others' kids. I think just keeping that next generation and the mission of saving kids' creativity is what drives us. Welcome to the Startup CPG podcast. I'm your host, Jesse Freitag. Based on the latest Torrance test data, 85% of today's children are less creative than their 1980s counterparts. CPG industry veterans Aaron Fasano and Liz Seeley realize that part of the problem is old thinking when it comes to what kids eat and drink. They started dreaming up drinks and snacks with their kids to bring imagination back to lunchboxes and beyond, and together founded StarrySide. Their first product is organic immunity-boosting star water in adventure-ready, kid-sized cans. Their big launch is coming up this week during World Creativity and Innovation Week, which runs from April 15th to 21st. Listen in as Liz and Aaron share the story behind StarrySide, how their backgrounds with some of the largest CPG brands inform their work, the process of getting to a minimum viable product, including flavor development and finding a manufacturing partner, how they maximized Expo West and the startup CPG Alley Rally, how their kids inspire them and participate in the growth of StarrySide, and more. Hi, Aaron and Liz. Welcome to the show today. So glad to have you here. How are you both? We're wonderful. Great, thanks. thanks for having us, Jesse. Yeah, so awesome. Well, I'd love if you could start out by just telling us a little bit about yourselves and then about StarrySide. Sure. I'm Erin Fasano. I'm the co-founder of StarrySide. We are a brand on a mission to save kids' creativity through more inventive uh, sips and snacks. And we've recently launched our very first product called Star Water, which we brought with us to the C- Startup CPG Alley Rally at, at Expo West. And we were voted second place for favorite product. So we're really excited to be here. So amazing. I, I got to come to the Alley Rally and try it. And it was amazing. I love the... I know they're for kids, but I love tiny cans as well for myself. So I they're they're so cute. The branding is beautiful. And I think it's so awesome that you got to have people sample at the 800 person alley rally at Expo. What a cool, what a cool event. It was really wonderful, Jesse. And we thought the same thing with most who don't have kids yet. We were just struck by the interest and excitement among the crowd of all our fellow Expo attendees. Super exciting. Yeah. Awesome. And Liz, can you you tell us a little bit about yourself? Of course. I'm reporting live from Boulder, Colorado, our foodiest town in America and sort of the epicenter <laughs> of the natural and organic movement. I'm from Colorado and started my career actually in hospitality at places like Vail Resorts and Yum Brands, which is the largest restaurant company. And for a dozen years, I was a consultant at an innovation firm here in Boulder working on some of the world's biggest and best brands. And Erin was actually my client, my favorite client of a long, long time. So when I was working away at the innovation firm where we specialized in new products and positioning, she was at Dole Packaged Foods, Dole, the amazing fruit company. And we worked for years together on many different projects, mostly in innovation and positioning and just had a wonderful time in the wonderful world of fruit and became friends. And after we left our respective positions, we ended up teaming up again and founding StarrySide, mostly excited about the opportunity to save kids' creativity. As Erin said, you know, as we became parents, we wanted our kids to stay creative so that they can discover their unique gifts and help solve the world's biggest problems. And as we got into being moms with seven kids between us, we learned that creativity has been in decline since the 90s. And we think part of the problem is old thinking and what they eat and drink. And our kids kept asking us for things like juice boxes 
We said, we're not buying that. You know, it's full of sugar and its juice boxes are headed straight to the landfill. And we started working with our kids, you know, envisioning, seeing what they would wish for when they see all of our drinks. We only give them milk and water. <laughs> it actually happened when they were getting creative in the kitchen, adding frozen fruit to their water to create their own unique beverages. And we said, this might be a real opportunity to not only help kids level up their lunchbox and stay imaginative, but to really reinvent and bring some innovation to that aisle that looks exactly the same as where when we were kids, full of sugary juice boxes. Yeah, that's great. And there's a couple things I want to dig into there, especially on creativity. Before we jump in there, I want Aaron, can you tell us a little bit about so I I didn't realize that Aaron was a client of Liz. That's that's so cool. But Aaron, can you tell us a little bit about your background? I knew you have an extensive background in the industry as well. I'm sure. Um, I actually have a, sort of a split background. I spent the first half of my career right out of college working at various ad agencies across LA. I'm actually an LA based. Uh, so Liz and I get to have sort of thrived in this COVID uh, phone call, video, Zoom Zoom time. Yeah, I spent the first little part of my career coming out of college doing um, account management for a variety of different brands like McDonald's and Lexus and Lazy Boy. And then um, after a couple of years of doing that, I switched to client side where I took a job at Dole Packaged Foods where I really learned CPG in and out. Um, and it was a great opportunity, you know, with budget and resources to really learn how to run a food business. And then I sort of took that experience into the startup world. And I worked at a variety of startups around town and really decided during during that COVID period where everyone really started rethinking their time and their lives after talking with Liz, we really felt like there was an opportunity to go out on our own and 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 give a give it give it a shot. So we we felt like we had a great idea that our kids inspired us to create and sort of in partnership with each other and with them. You know, I even remember one time Liz and I were having a a conference call with a graphic designer who helped us build the beautiful branding that you see on the can and on the website. It was pretty early on. My my uh, daughter, who I think was six at the time, she sort of wandered in the office and, mommy, what are you looking at? And she sits on my lap and she sort of helped us evaluate the artwork together, like telling us what she liked and didn't like about each of the design options. And just been a really fun process getting to to partner with our little mini CEOs, as they like to call themselves. <laughs> Jesse, they're asking us for business cards. You know, they've been the ones... <laughs> The inspiration behind all of this, where, like I said, they inspired a lot of the recipes with their what they wish for. Aaron's littles, like she said, are helping us pick designs. Mine were mocking up little 3D cans with paper, you know, showing us the sizes they, they wanted. So I think it's been a great collaboration with our own kids and obviously gleaning insights from fellow parents and their kids. It's just been a real collaboration and a, a team effort. Yeah, I love how authentic your creativity message is because you are really involving all of your your kids and they're being creative in the process. And so I think that that, that just it adds another level to the story that I think is is really cool. And I like to have this before we get in too deep because I'm guessing people are going to want to go to your website, follow you for the future. So can... Can you just, you know, tell us what your your starting flavors are, um, you know, kind of about what the can can size is for people and then where if they want to 
you know, purchase them? Can they go on the website? Can they follow you on Instagram? You know, how do people, you know, keep up with you? Sure. You can find us on online at starrysidecompany.com or starryside.co. And you can follow us on Instagram at starryside.co. Our starting lineup of flavors are beachy peachy strawberry, which is a delicious balance of strawberry and peach flavor, a magical mango pineapple, um, which our friends over at Ourobora really love. And then our sort of uh, dark horse surprise flavor is our rock and root beer. Um, when we were doing the development on the flavors, our, our friend and fellow flavor guru, uh, he, he brought in sort of a mystery flavor and he said, here, try this. Let me know what you think. And we were like, oh my goodness, did he just bring us root beer? And it was too good not to launch. So we added our rock and root beer flavor uh, into the mix. Nice. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, I hopefully people go, go and check it out. And on the the creativity side, I, I think on your website, you list the Sir Ken Robinson creativity TED Talk. And I'm wondering if you could talk a little bit more about the decline in creativity and, and you know, more about that as a mission and, and, you know, what you hope to accomplish and the change you're hoping to see. That's a great question. Yeah, we've really been inspired by Sir Ken Robinson for a number of years, like we said, mostly when we became moms. But the fact that Little's creativity has been in decline, mostly driven, you know, his talk all about the schools kill creativity is about how our education, public education system was created during the Industrial Revolution and is designed for efficiency, not really customized to kids' needs. And we would say the same thing a lot of times for the corporate world that we've both seen. As Erin said, she started on the agency side, went to the client side. I started on the client side, went to agency side. But we've certainly seen how that can impact your life where, you know, a lot of times in companies, you're stigmatized for mistakes, just like kids might be in school, this sort of process that we go through. And having been inspired by him and his work, the, the books that he's written, it's more about empowering kids to find what it is they're best at. We like to say it's sharing their sparkle with the world and understand what their true gifts are that they're given, what their talents are and how to make the most of that. So I think a big piece is, you know, bringing back some new thinking to this lackluster aisle that hasn't been focused on for a long time. You know, kids were settling for a lot of sugar that has impact on their energy levels, their overall health. And we are really working hand in hand with pediatric dietitians when on our team who has been helping us to think through how we can provide for them. You know, when kids have, when they're hydrated and healthy, they have better concentration and imagination. So we like to say with star water, instead of that, the sugary juice boxes headed to the landfill, it's zero sugar, it's immunity boosting with vitamin C, vitamin D and zinc. It comes in these adventure ready, recyclable cans. And it's just that perfect way to sort of empower them to think differently too in these fun flavors or even thinking through Jesse the ways that we can help them to start their own little businesses this you know a generation of creative thinkers and entrepreneurs so one of our ideas is to help kids to win a their very own star water stand instead of the lemonade stand it's super easy to make your own little star water stand and actually have that pop up be your first business to share we like to 
say with star water, kids can think and drink outside the box. Nice. That's that's a great saying. I love that. And thank you for sharing more about the the creativity. And I think World Creativity Week is is coming up. Do you have anything uh, big planned? We actually have that official launch where we'll be doing a giveaway. We'll be awarding a few lucky kids who find stars in their boxes of star water, uh, that star water stand instructional so they can start their own little business and maybe an inflatable water slide just in time for summer. So it'll be business in the front yard, party in the back. We're also teaming up with the city of Boulder to participate in a fun springtime event. One of the best, I think, of the year. It's called the Tulip Fairy and Elf Festival where everybody comes out, looks at the thousands and thousands of tulips that are planted along Pearl Street downtown. And we're going to have one of the tents for a lot of the local businesses where we'll be providing a craft for kids. It's a real celebration of STEM activities with arts, crafts, dance, talks, and everybody, and I mean everybody, dresses up in costume. So there are a lot of little fairies and elves to celebrate the start of spring. That sounds amazing. I'm I'm going to have to borrow a, a friend's a kid or nephew or something to participate. It sounds awesome. <laughs> bring your kids, bring your wings and meet us on April 25th in Boulder. Amazing. You can borrow one of our kids. Between us, we have seven. So there's plenty yeah. to share. <laughs> okay. Okay, cool. That works. <laughs> so I'd love to get into kind of the you know, the details of, of getting started and, and what it really looks like. So what does it look like for you to to start talking to each other about this idea and being, you know, when does it become, okay, we're going to do, you know, we've had this idea, now let's do something. And then, and then what does it look like to kind of get a, you know, a minimum viable product together that you can look at and taste? And you mentioned some flavor de- development. So I'd love to hear from both of you kind of about the the early days, any stories and, and kind of what it looks like to go from, okay, we have this idea. Now let's, let's do something with it. Sure. I mean, I think Liz and I probably talked about something for many months before we really felt like we landed on a, on a direction. Um, you knew, we knew that there was the creativity crisis. We knew that our like expertise is in food and beverage. So we sort of knew that the way we wanted to approach the crisis would be through some kind of more inspiring um, lunchbox solution for our kids. We have more ideas than we know what to do with, honestly. <laughs> so we really decided to focus in on beverage because we felt like that aisle was really the the most underserved. Like there's been a lot of, you know, reimaginings of like, for example, the goldfish cracker. So, you know, we felt like there are a lot of people um, trying to make that, you know, better for you, a more healthy version. There didn't seem to be as many um, people focused on the beverage area for kids. And we think part of that is because moms have largely left that aisle. As Liz alluded to, even us, before we built Starwater, we left that aisle or never even went to that aisle and we're offering just milk and water at home. So we did feel like with sort of the renaissance of brands like Poppy and Sanzo and Olipop and all of these um, new options for adults, that there really was potentially an opportunity to bring mom back to the to the juice aisle, but give her something that isn't juice. Give her something that sort of feels right for her family and makes a lot of sense for her kids. So when we sort of narrowed in on that 
um, wanting to start with juice, we sort of parallel path, I would say the brand development and the product development. And Liz, maybe do you want to, do you want to share the the brand development part of the story or the, where we started with the, the drink flavor development? Sure. When it comes to the brand, as Aaron said, we had an idea of what problem we wanted to solve. We had ideas about, you know, just giving back and donating a portion of sales to kid founded businesses to promote that creativity we started a blog just for fun between the two of us, interviewing mostly fellow parents and entrepreneurs about the ways that they stay creative and empower their kids to really stay inventive, the ways that they would bring creativity components into their houses and into their families. So just encouraging their kids to do that. So I think the blog was a big piece. And like we said, just being inspired by Sir Ken Robinson and all that he has talked about and written about in bringing that and empowering your kids to, to stay imaginative. I think when it comes to the brand development, we had an idea around just the starry side. We like to say, when you look on the sunny side, you see what's positive. When you look on the starry side, you see what's possible. And on the starry side, we're just dreaming up, as Aaron said, one idea after another. We have a whole pipeline of drink ideas when it comes to our star water. The first three flavors are flat, intended to be that better option compared with juice and juice boxes or juice pouches. But we also have in the pipeline things like sparkly star water, sporty star water with electrolytes, smarty star water. So that in addition to all the snack ideas, it was really where do we want to focus? Where do we think is going to make the biggest splash, pun intended? And we started, like we said, in our own kitchens with our kids adding fruit to water We engaged a couple of friends who could help us make those more commercialized recipes and and had some trouble, to be honest. It was a real struggle to convey what our kids and and we had dreamed up together into what we wanted it to be. And as Aaron said, what really came to the rescue was our friend and fellow culinary expert down the street. We'd worked with him in our day jobs. And he's just brilliant when it comes to flavors since he had worked at Ben and Jerry's before, a Ben and Jerry's guru, and he's a dad. And he actually whipped up those flavors for us, all that we dreamed of. And as she said, just surprised us with a new flavor, packaged them up in these perfect, cute little cans. And our vision too was to have these eight ounce cans that fit perfectly into mini hands. You need eight ounces of water for every year that a kid is old. So we wanted that perfect portion so that parents could keep track and make sure their kids get enough of that nourishing hydration. Great. That's awesome. That's so cool. And I love that you you mentioned that you had like more ideas than you know what to do with and you have lots of future ideas because I think it just emphasizes that you you had to start somewhere and you you start with something, you pick something and then you go toward it. So I love that that you mentioned those pieces. Once we had the sort of formula that we liked, you know, I'm sure everyone in our industry knows that there's a can shortage. It's hard to find line time. And so that was sort of like the next big hurdle. And and we we really, I think, tried to network our way into the to the partner that we found. You know, we asked every founder who would answer our question, where do you pack? And actually finding a manufacturer who was willing to pack a flat beverage into a can, finding the can, like that was a whole nother adventure in and of itself. But I do feel like we 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 landed in a situation where we feel really comfortable. It's a good line of communication. Um, and he was really willing to work with us as you as you asked, you know, how do you get to an MVP? You know, we were able to run like a very, very tiny run so that we could get some consumer feedback, you know, all along the way through the brand development process. 
Liz has mentioned, we've been checking in with consumers, whether it's, you know, a year ago, gosh, or even longer doing quantitative surveys that we're sending out through Facebook mom groups and through our, through our own mom networks to get, you know, to really validate that there is a market for a product like this. Then we did, we created samples and we had friends and family try them and take a survey and tell us what they thought about it. So we've really, I think, been a little bit lucky. I, I do feel like that with our with our launch and, and all the feedback we've been able to get because we've been able to find ways to sort of be uh, scrappy, as they say, and get some product into people's hands, validate it, and then continue to refine it. And that's part of the stage that we're in right now is we're still really eager to hear what consumers think. And as we're talking to retailers, what they think, you know, Liz also alluded to this question we often get, does it belong with juice or does it belong with water? And part of what we're asking retailers to imagine with us is more of a use occasion based like shopper, right? Mom is looking for lunchbox items, looking for lunchbox beverages. Let's give her a reason to come back to this section of the store. So we really believe that even though it's in a can, it is a flat beverage that's really intended to take the place of that that juice occasion. And so we're, you know, we're asking them to look a little bit on the starry side too with us as they imagine what's possible inside there inside their their aisles. Yeah, wow. And it's so interesting that flat like beverages aren't really in cans that that like with cans being recyclable, I, I was just thinking about as the as you mentioned that that you know mo- most juices or whatever are generally in boxes, and so mm-hmm. that's a that's a really interesting challenge. I think though, I rem- I I think everyone saw Liquid Death at Expo West because mm-hmm. it was everywhere. But it's it's kind of an interesting you know you you get handed a beverage in a can and you you almost expect it to be to be fizzy, but you know can you. You talk, I think on your website, you have some more about the, you know, how cans are more recyclable. And can you talk a little bit about, you know, choosing cans for that reason for the, for the environmental impact? Yes, that was key, especially when it comes to, again, creating that environment for kids to stay imaginative and forward thinking. And that too was inspired by our kids. You know, a lot of times they love having a juice box or a juice pouch at a party. A lot of times they're at birthday parties, but they were one the ones to point out that those couldn't be recycled. They're like, why are we throwing these in the trash? What's happening? Especially in you know Colorado, California, what's mm-hmm. pretty established to have everything to the, the extent that you can be recycled. And they were surprised that our pouches and even the Tetra Pak boxes typically can't be recycled. They're filling up the landfills. And so that was one of our key tenants. We want everything to be sustainable, really forward thinking. And when we're thinking about creative ways to hydrate, that will be key. And we were just surprised that this hasn't been done before. There are a lot of flat beverages and cans from teas to coffees, uh, sometimes getting into more of the hop innovation lately. But that was something we knew we wanted to do. And as Erin said, it is harder to find cans. So it Mm -hmm. has been challenge and and same thing to keep the price point down as we scale. You know, as you start something everything's going to be a little bit more. But we've, as she said, felt so lucky and just made a lot of new friends. In addition to our industry favorites, we've made a lot of new friends here in Boulder who've either done that before or have been able to scale their businesses and just move along, tapping into all the creativity around us. Yeah, no, that's that's really cool. And I think also, Erin, when you mentioned that 
you know, you were able to to find a manufacturing partner that had low minimums. That's so key for being able to get started and having it not be prohibitive to to do a run on the as far as the I'm not sure if they're like the the sleeves on the cans and getting that developed. Was that was that a challenge to to get those, you know, the way you wanted and source the right material as well? Yeah, well, when, once we found a supplier who could sleeve the cans, it was pretty turnkey. I think um, Liz even had a great idea really early on. So when we first when we did our very first run of what I like to think of as more like R&D samples, we actually packed them in um, just brights. So like unlabeled cans. And then Liz found someone who helped us make some stickers so we could kind of when we shared them with consumers, they were getting like a real experience. But that was the the best way for us to really get that um, like product validation completed. So it was sort of getting the can supplier to sell us the brights and then getting the co-man to give us basically a day on his line where we could just be there together running the product, you know, tasting it as it runs, like validating that the formula really scaled up the way that we had intended. So we were able to kind of get a lot out of that very, very first run. And then really just the, the one thing I'll say is I, I feel like we're not afraid to ask for a favor, even when maybe we don't, we haven't earned it yet. So, you know, ask for a favor on the brights. They were able to, the supplier was able to help us. And then, you know, it made the, it helped us build that relationship back with the supplier. So, you know, I think we're also a little bit lucky in that the can we selected is relatively unique in the market. Like you don't see a lot of the of the eight ounce um, slim style can. So it's less constrained than, you know, the the typical 12 or 16 ounce cans that you see a lot of adult beverages in. Um, but that doesn't, that does mean also that there aren't that many being produced. So I, I, we're sort of in a, they're less popular, but then they're less popular. So we do sort of need to plan ahead and, and make sure we're, again, keeping those lines of communication open. And and I, I've, I've actually learned a lot from Liz's approach. You know, she's, um, I think, hyper-friendly and always, always willing to just ask the question because what's the worst that's going to happen? And so I think that that approach has really helped us, you know, find success doing those really small small runs that we felt like we needed to do to get started. Mm -hmm. And together, Erin, you're so good at this too, is we like to pay it forward too. We'll talk to all of our fellow entrepreneurs, happy to give advice. So when you do go to our Instagram and follow starryside.co, send us messages too. If you have questions about anything along those lines of getting started or how you make your idea reality, let us know. But the funny thing too about that first run, Jesse, on R&D day was we had our littles help to label those hand applied, you know, beautiful packaging on the outside. So there may have been several that were upside down, um, <laughs> backwards, you know, but it, it, all, it all worked out with our, with our littles as the packing team. Uh, we like to say that we're turning the kids beverage world upside down. And there were a few labels that were upside down. <laughs> hey, there we go. All the better. But they're still, and they're still, you know, one of the key pieces of our team. They're still helping us pack boxes and, you know, they like to hand draw on the boxes. We have these cute um, delivery, the, the boxes have word searches and fun activities for kids. So they do everything they can to not fill that in, but then they'll draw around it little love messages to their fellow children. Oh, that's that's so sweet. I love that. <laughs> That's so cool. And I love the the pay it forward mentality and the being willing to ask for questions as well. I'm trying to, I can't remember who I saw posted this the other day on LinkedIn, but they were talking about how a lot of times, you know, advice will be pretend to be bigger than you are and pretend to know more 
than you do. And that, that, that isn't necessarily always an advantage because sometimes if you just say, Hey, I don't know how to do this or, Hey, I need a favor because I'm learning and I'm small or I want to learn about this. A lot of times people will take you up on it and just being willing to ask can be huge rather than, you know, pretending, you know, and then, and then you don't get that, those, make those really good connections and find out those, that really great information from people have been doing something, you know, and paving the way. Mm -hmm. I totally agree. Yeah. And I think, you know, to Liz's point, the community in Boulder is there's so many founders there who've been willing to give us their time. That's actually how we ended up finding the co-man we ended up with was we we were Liz, I think you ran into to a founder at gymnastics when he was bringing his kid, his kids, Liz was bringing her. We had an informational chat there. He made an introduction to another uh, head of operations at a canned beverage company, talked with him a little bit. He shared with us his co-man. He he also shared that co-man then told us where we could get cans. So we talked to the can people. We said, hey, do you know any other really small scale co-mans? They made an introduction to us, the co-man we ended up um, engaging with, who then told us how to get our cardboard boxes made. So it was like, Every step in the chain, we just asked like, hey, we're looking for this. And people were really, really willing to help. And so we 100% try to take that mentality. I spend a lot of time on the startup CPG Slack trying to be as helpful as I can, um, you know, with, as people ask their questions or if they're in need of suppliers or information, I'm really trying to to live that because I feel like, you know, goes around, comes around and, and it's if you have the information, sometimes it can feel really lonely or overwhelming, particularly for solo founders. So we're just trying to help everybody rising tide, right? Yeah, absolutely. And that I was going to say, this is a, a great lead in to, to mention the, the startup CPG community, because I think you're you're embodying everything about the startup CPG community of being connected in the community, getting advice, giving advice and Listeners may not know this, but Aaron is a managing editor at Startup CPG. And so I'm wondering if you each could mention like how you first got involved in Startup CPG. And then maybe we can talk a little bit more about the the Alley Rally and Expo. Um, Sure. Um, So I got involved in Startup CPG about August of 2020. So just a few months after um, Daniel launched it. I I honestly don't really remember like how I discovered it, but um, I got really active in the Slack really early on. And Daniel and um, Patricia, our community manager, reached out and asked if I would do a, um, like a testimonial. And I said, sure. Like, whatever. So they wrote up a little, we wrote up a little testimonial and they shared it across. And I said, you know, if you guys need any help with stuff, I could maybe write a blog post or something like that. And Daniel called me and he said, actually, it's it's funny you should mention it. The woman who's um, been managing our blog it has taken a new job and doesn't have time to continue to volunteer. Would you be interested in running the blog? And I said, oh, okay, sure. So it's kind of how it started. And um, since then, the team has grown. We added Jenna, who is, um, she's really running the print publication so the quarterly spotlight magazine, and I'm still trying to keep that blog updated. Um, so if you are a brand out there looking to get some coverage, please feel free to reach out to me on the Slack. Um, cause I, I love to use the blog as an opportunity for brands to tell their story or for founders who've really learned a valuable lesson that other founders can learn from. I also, you know, think it's a great resource, um, for just sharing, um, lessons learned. Yeah, absolutely. There's so many amazing articles on the startup CPG website that Aaron has 
written and rounded up and it's just amazing. So I think it's so cool to, um, so cool that you got connected with the community and been able to, to give so much and share so much information and now be starting something and hopefully being able to, you know, leverage the the community. And Liz, did you find Startup CPG through Aaron or did you, did you find it separately? I think Aaron must have introduced me to Startup CPG and, you know, the exercise of starting our own company that and having a friend, another friend and client call me and ask to help her start a baked goods company for her little girl who has diabetes inspired me to leave my job of a dozen years helping some of the world's biggest brands and start my own consultancy so that I can help founders and startups like ours to imagine what their brands can be. So it ended up inspiring me personally as well to reconnect and create all of this with Aaron. Oh, wow. That's really cool. And your and your uh, consultancy has Starry in the name as well, right? It does. I realized too, we need a little creativity in the corporate world where a lot of times you have probably seen in bigger companies, there may be only one or two people in charge of all of innovation. And they're tasked with bringing some of the ideas at places like Yum Brands. I mentioned the biggest restaurant company in the world where I was. They have a really wonderful culture around customer mania, insights, empowering the whole cross-functional team to bring ideas at any level. And I'm trying to bring a little bit of that. We like to say that we're reclaiming creativity, helping founders and also bigger brands and complete teams to incorporate that. So starry-eyed means visionary it means thinking forward and it also means collaborating in that way. So hopefully we'll be saving creativity for the next generation of our kids, but also apply some of those principles to the ways that companies work and helping our clients. Yeah, that's great. And so we we mentioned at the beginning of the episode, the Alley Rally at Expo West, which was for those that listeners who may not have listened to our Expo West recap or may not have attended Expo, the Alley Rally was an after party, one of the days of Expo that was the biggest of the show, I think, with over 800 people at a bowling alley. And we had the opportunity for backpack brands, brands to that we were selected to come and sample at the event. And Starside was one of those brands. And as Aaron mentioned, got voted second in the the contest that we held, which is amazing. So I'd love to learn a little bit more of, you know, what did it look like to get ready to, I think, I know Aaron for sure was was at Expo for, for her day job too. So you obviously had that going on, but what, as far as Starry Side, what did it look like to, okay, you know, how many samples are we going to bring? What are what are our goals, the sampling, and then what were your kind of takeaways after after the, the event and the show? Well, we knew, so going into it, we had no idea how many samples we would need. We had done um, some startup CP, there was a startup CPG event here in LA where I live. Um, so I kind of had a sense of like, you know, how many sample cups would each can make? And, you know, we, we brought too many samples, but that's okay. I'm local. So we figured it was better to have too many than not enough. And it was um, Liz's, Liz's great idea to get some balloons and really try to like make a little like uh, statement about it, like sort of with our presence so that people would be enticed to come and try the product. Because I think our goal was really to um, A, get feedback because we're still always in feedback mode. We had a, a great conversation with Jake Carls of Midday Squares who loved our root beer. We just love that. But then before before the show, we also had that list of sort of key uh, media investors and buyers who would be at the event. And so we went and reached out to every single one of them to sort of prime like potential conversations so that when they came to our like mini booth or our, our place um, at the alley rally, you know, 
hopefully they remembered, oh, we got an email from these people. Um, and we had a great converse, a couple of great conversations um, with some of those people who we had done the pre-work with. And so really coming out of it, it was feedback on the product, getting some new fans. You know, we, we of course, were always interested in content, 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 and then um, some of those building some relationship with some of those key parties. And I would say that's the best part, the best outcome of any of the startup CPG events and the Slack or those relationships that you make, the enduring relationships. We have an upcoming collaboration with one of our Alley Rally neighbors, the brand that was next to us sampling a little more organics. You'll see uh, we were able to chat with John Craven of BevNet and just get those conversations going. We were able to also meet people who we had been in contact with, but never met in real life. For instance, our IP expert who helps us with things like trademarks and our uh, favorites when it comes to the journalists that we maybe had exchanged emails with that had never really seen. So it was wonderful that Startup CPG brought us all together. Great. Yeah, it was an amazing event. And like I mentioned, it was so fun to get to try the product and yeah, just really cool. It's it's amazing getting to be in person, how after a couple of years, you kind of forget, you start to think that Zoom and phone calls are the norm. And then you get in person, you're like, oh, actually, it is really great to all be together in the same room. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> and it was fun, as Aaron said, to sort of mock up what the starry side would look like. Granted, we don't have a booth yet, but we've had valuable lessons from some of our favorite brands who've been around for a long time of how they bring that brand experience to life and sort of have you walk in to what that would be thinking through, you know, if our, if our package was something that you could experience, what would it look like? So of course you had to have life-size stars. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So Expo has passed. You've got your, your big launch coming up. What, what else? Is there anything else that you want to share that's coming up or what else are you thinking as you go into the rest of this year, any other things planned? I'm curious about what it looks like next. Well, we have a lot of conversations underway, Jesse. We are talking with a lot of natural groceries. We are going to be in a pitch for some mainstream, a gr mainstream grocery this Friday. We're also in conversations with a lot of food service favorites, so different coffee shop chains, restaurant chains, especially in the fast casual realm, and all of these more forward-thinking like-minded brands who are ready to move beyond the juice box. Wherever there is that sugary juice box, we will be there with Starwater as a better option for families. And in addition to pursuing all kinds of um, distribution, which is really our focus right now, we're also looking at the summertime and, and how we can build on all those fun summer kid activities, looking at um, furthering events like Liz mentioned, the, the Tulip Fairy and Elf Festival in Boulder in April, but there's stuff like that all year long. So we're really looking at uh, the Denver area and the LA area and what events should we participate in just to get cans in hands and have kids really experience the product so that they can ask mom to go find it. And for all the moms and dads out there, we'd love your feedback to tell us what you think about those first three flavors. Erin mentioned we're selling the first, the world's first star water on starrysidecompany.com. That's been one of the key places that in our Instagram at starryside.co where parents can treat their kids to something. We just had some moms at one of the coffee chains we're talking to say, I wish I'd had this instead of the, uh, I won't mention names, but the certain juice pouches that they served and she's buying a case as a belated birthday present, she can share that with them. And for our listeners who want to try the product, we'll have a 
25% off startup CPG 25 will be the code. So when you go to startysidecompany.com to order, make sure you enter startup CPG 25 as you check out. Ooh, awesome. I'll make sure to put that in the show notes as well. That is great. And also it's not lost on me as I, as you talk about all of your plans and we've talked about manufacturing and then the, you know, the, the couple mentions of there's seven kiddos between the two of you. You both have other, you know, main jobs. So how is this looking to, you know, when are you working on the starry side? How are you making this happen? Because I'm just, I'm kind of sitting back like, wow, this is, this is amazing. Um, You know, but what does it actually look like day to day to, to make Starry Side happen? And how do you how do you ba- balance and manage everything? We manage it very carefully. I mean, I think ultimately, you know, Liz and I, um, we both are the, the prioritizing queens, right? So we'll often exchange emails at midnight, two o'clock in the morning as we're getting caught up. But I do think ultimately, you know, we're, we're focused so much on on the mission of the company that we find a way to make it all work, you know, right now. And we're sort of able to chunk off our responsibilities, like because of our varying backgrounds, Liz more with brand strategy and like heavy food service background. Mine is more retail. We've sort of been able to divide and conquer, which has been really great to have a partner who has, we're sort of like the yin and yang to each other's focus. So we don't feel like we have to be making every decision together because we trust each other we sort of know generally the direction we're trying to go, which helps a lot, you know, and, and the, the work I do for startup CPG is really, um, you know, it, there's a big, there's a big team behind that. So that there, there's definitely a way to sort of manage it all. And our little kiddos, you know, they're, they want to work on Starry Side all the time. My daughter gets so frustrated. If I leave for Boulder to go work on Starry Side without her, she really wants to participate. So it's sort of fun. You know, it's like work we can do as a family, which sounds crazy, but they, they really want to help, you know, they, they'll even like draw pictures of what they think the next flavor should be, or, you know, what, how they want to change the logo. Like they're constantly coming up with ideas that just makes it fun to kind of work on all the time. Agree. I think we keep that inspiration in mind. We're doing this with and for our kids and with and for others, kids, I think just keeping that next generation and the mission of saving kids creativity is what drives us. So as Aaron said, sometimes we stay up way too late. Maybe don't get enough as much sleep as we need, but it's so much fun to work on together as a team and with our families. I think that's the celebration of teamwork and friendship that just makes it all worthwhile. It makes it so so exciting and enjoyable. Yeah, that that's so cool. There's so many great pieces in there with, you know, being backed by the mission and it being able to be a family activity and the trust that you have between your your co-founders. We could talk for a couple more hours, but unfortunately we <laughs> our episodes don't quite last that long. Um so <laughs> I would love if we could kind of wrap up with do you each have a if you had a tip you could share with your your fellow startup CPG founders, you know, what would you share? I think my biggest lesson learned is ask ask for help early. I think early on, we were a little um, hesitant to ask for favors um, or help uh, or, you know, a little bit less, a little bit more hesitant to like work our network because we do have between the two of us, pretty extensive network. And I think if we, we may, we may be where we, we could have moved faster earlier on if we hadn't been shy about it. But I think as we've grown confidence as founders and confidence in the the product and confidence in the brand, we're, we've sort of shaken off some of that shyness. Agree. My lesson learned and advice to fellow founders would be to partner with someone who truly compliments you. I think Aaron and I were lucky enough to know that we worked well together in our day jobs. 
and to find someone who knows what you don't or can excel at the things that you really need. And like we said, have that higher order purpose, not only for you personally, but something that you can bring to the world to your, in our case, fellow parents is truly important to us and helps just fuel our creative endeavors when it comes to seeing what this little brand can be. Awesome tips. Well, this has been so great, Liz and Aaron. Thank you so much. I really appreciate you sharing each of your stories, your stories together, working on this starry side journey. And I'm just, I'm so excited to follow your progress and, you know, keep our community updated. And I hope everyone goes and gives you a follow and, you know, we'll link a discount code in the show notes. Cause I think that everyone needs some, some starry side in their, their life. And yeah, I'm just so glad you could be here. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Thanks, Jesse. Yeah. We would love to hear from everybody. If you want to send us a DM or an email, feel free and let us know where you think Starry Side needs to pop up next. Thanks for joining us. This Startup CPG podcast is executive produced by me, Jesse Freitag. Theme music is by the Super Fantastics. We'd love to have you join our community of founders and experts. Get the invite at startupcpg.com. And don't forget to subscribe to this podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you're listening right now. It's the easiest way to help us grow our community. See you next time.